This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. What's up, New Orleans? What's up across the Gulf South and across the world? Wherever you're listening at WWL.com or the Radio.com app. Welcome on into our show. It's the last lap on this Thursday. Got a lot to talk about still in kind of celebration, soak it up mode as we get ready for the Saints and the Rams on Sunday. One of the great really times in our city. Remember, this only happens about once a decade on average for teams in each conference. Just playing the averages, 16 teams in each conference, means about once every eight years or so your team will get into a conference championship game. Obviously, not everything's that equal, but this doesn't happen as often as you might think. It's the first time it's happened in nine years, especially hosting a conference championship game, and we got a lot to break down on that today. Larry Holder of The Athletics is going to come on in. Carter Bryant on the show today. Joe Curley out in Los Angeles as we go behind enemy lines to get the take on the Rams out in L.A. We'll also have Sean Payton's press conference here. Lots of sound from Saints players throughout the week. That's our show today. We will talk a little bit of Pelicans towards the end of the show as they lost and blew a 14-point lead again last night. So hour three, we'll get into just a little bit of Pelicans. But your show here, first half hour, 504-260-1870. If you want to hop on in, the text line is 870-870. And our Blue Runner Foods opinion poll tonight at WWL.com. How loud will it get in the Superdome on Sunday? Loud, really loud, or OMG, I can't hear myself think loud. Hopefully it's the latter there. That's what it needs to be. And we'll certainly get into Sean Payton's comments today out at camp, talking really directly to you, the fans, that not only do you need to be loud, but it's the timing of when you get loud here. With this Rams offense coming in, all the checks they do at the line of scrimmage, you got to be loud with about 30 seconds on the play clock, not 15 seconds on the play clock. We'll get into what I think is going to happen there, how I think the Rams are going to counter that in just a little bit. But I am wondering here – and. This is the season for overanalysis in the National Football League. We're analyzing every minute detail of these games, of each player, of each play, of the matchups. And it's fun. That's what we like to do. We like to break it down, maybe give you a little insights, but also something that's just too much. Sometimes how these games are going to go can be a lot simpler, a lot more simple. And might it just come down and be as simple as Drew Brees against Jared Goff? The better quarterback should win this game. We can overanalyze everything in each position in the run game of the Saints and the run game of the Rams and the defensive line and the player of the year over there defensively for the Los Angeles Rams and their secondary get a keep to lead back and Sean McVay and Sean Payton and Taysom Hill and Will Lutz and Greg Zerline. And, maybe we should just take a deep breath. And realize that it might just be as simple as the better quarterback most of the time wins these games. Here's the history in the NFC Championship game recently. Last year you had Nick Foles 
against Kirk Cousins, against Case Keenum. Pretty easy there. Better quarterback won that game, Nick Foles. Two years ago, you had the MVP that played one of the best 16-game schedules of any quarterback in history. Let's just be honest here. We like to hate on him, but that year, he was sensational. Matt Ryan against Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers might be the better quarterback historically. That year, frankly, wasn't all that close. Matt Ryan was the better quarterback. Matt Ryan won that football game. Year before that, Carolina against Arizona. You had Cam Newton, the MVP, 50-plus touchdowns on that year against an aging Carson Palmer. That wasn't close. Cam Newton was the better quarterback in that game that season, and, well, the game wasn't close. 49-15, Carolina won. Sometimes it's just as simple as the better quarterback wins. In 2013, you had Russell Wilson against Colin Kaepernick. Russell Wilson won that game. Eli Manning against Alex Smith a couple years before that. Eli Manning won that game. Drew Brees against an aging Brett Favre. Drew was the better quarterback then. Saints win that game. Against Aaron Rodgers in January 2011. It was Aaron Rodgers. You'll have an outlier now and then, just like you do in sports. The biggest outlier here was probably Russell Wilson against Aaron Rodgers in 2014. Although maybe people think that's a little closer and and those two guys, maybe their career arcs and trajectory, maybe that was a little closer than we thought. Seahawks and Russell Wilson won that game. But in this game here, the, the disparity between Drew Brees and Jared Goff, Drew Brees who's been in this moment before, Drew Brees... One of the five best quarterbacks in NFL history. Drew Brees, who has not lost a home playoff game here in the Superdome. Drew Brees, who's going to finish second in the MVP balloting. Against a third-year guy in Jared Goff, who has regressed towards the end of the season. And he's just not the same on the road. Jared Goff, he's not necessarily just a system quarterback. I think that's an unfair shot. I think he's progressed under Sean McVay. But he's no Drew Brees. Ten touchdowns, nine interceptions on the road, 82 quarterback rating, 60% completions. Very pedestrian on the road. I'll tell you this, I'm taking Drew Brees on Sunday, and everything else is just ancillary. Going to be a rude awakening here for Jared Goff and this offense, the noise that they're going to hear on Sunday. They didn't really get a taste of it a couple of months ago. And all the talk in the locker room, and I believe the Rams players are telling the truth here. And the quotes came out this week, and they said, i got to be honest, paraphrasing here, but a couple of players said, i got to be honest, I didn't really understand what the big deal was about the Superdome noise. We didn't hear it. You know what? They kind of didn't. The Dome wasn't real loud that day because the Saints got out to that 21-point lead. The fans thought, well, okay, this one's about over. And it wasn't very loud in there. It could be a completely different story on Sunday. That noise is going to affect a young quarterback who's never been in this spot before. And heck, most of the Rams players outside of Aqib Tlaib and I guess their defensive coordinator, Wade Phillips, and Andrew Whitworth has played in some playoff games. Left tackle. 
C.J. Anderson, their running back. Mini Christian Okoye, he is, 140 yards a game. They do have some experience in the playoffs in this spot. But I have a feeling this young Rams team, and especially their quarterback, going to get a little rattled. We'll see how Jared Goff responds. This is a huge moment for him. But I'm taking Breeze over Jared Goff. What do you say? 504-260-1870. Text line is 870-870. Sometimes things are a lot simpler than we make them out to be. Started off tonight, Miss Carol in Houston. What's going on, Miss Carol? All right, Miss Carol isn't there. We'll put her on hold. How about Raymond on a cell? Raymond, welcome into the last lap. Hey, thank you so much for taking my call. Great show. Thanks, um, Raymond. Look, I, all the highs and everything, I really believe it's going to come down to one thing. What's that? The Saints' offensive line. If the line does their job, the New Orleans Saints will win this game because at the end of the day, we are a better team. We have a better quarterback. But if the offensive line does not do the job, there's no telling what could happen. It could be a, a pounding um, or it could be super close. But if the, if the line does their job like they're supposed to do, like they're capable of doing, we're going to win by 10. Well, I'll tell you this, Raymond. In the first matchup, Rams-Saints, the offensive line did their job. Incredible job against that defensive front. Sue and, and Donald and, and Brockers. And I think Fowler had just been signed at that point, or traded for at that point. And they were a non-factor for the most part. Incredible job by the Saints offensive line. Now they're a little more banged up, which I guess most teams and most offensive lines are. But the Saints, when you got Andres Pete in a cast on the left side at guard, and I'll say it again – admirable performance by him last week playing with a broken hand that's incredibly tough to do in lots of pain throughout the game but admirable doesn't mean good it can be admirable it can be admirable that I come out out here on the show and try to host a show sick and kind of get through it but might not be my best show admirable doesn't mean it's going to be good the admirable Andres Pete he wasn't good last week four penalties multiple missed assignments Getting run over by Fletcher Cox. I think two pancakes that I saw last week. Wasn't good. And I don't have any inside info on this, but I just wonder if he starts getting abused by that Rams defensive front, I I just wonder if we're going to see Jermon Bushrod or somebody else over there at left guard. Because in this spot, you just can't get consistently beat like that. And and you start committing penalties like that, and Sean might not have that long leash like he did last week. I don't know. Something to watch for, for sure. Thanks for the call, Raymond. Let's go to Terry on a cell phone in Slide L. Terry, welcome to the show. Hey, man. You know you're talking about the four quarterbacks in the playoffs. Then you mentioned quarterbacks before. Scam Newton, flash in the pants, one good year. All right. All the other ones, you know, Matt Ryan, had a couple of good years. But, you know, the way I look at it like this, the two best quarterbacks in it, you got the GOAT, which is Tom Brady. I'm sorry. The Saints fans might not agree. And Drew Brees is right up there. When you do it for 18 years, start talking about great quarterbacks. You know, Patrick Mahomes, hey, might have a great year. May never hear from him again. you got to do it consistently for years and years. Eight straight championships. Tom Brady's going to be an AFC mm-hmm. championship eight straight years. Sure. Drew Brees has been doing it for the whole, you know, since he got to New Orleans. Yeah. But Patrick Mahomes and God, hey, they're good quarterbacks. But do it consistently 
for 8 to 12 to 14 to 16. And when you're 41 years old and you're 40 years old, you know, that's the way it is. I mean, those are the two best of all time. And, I'm, you know, I'm a Patriot fan, even though I live here. There's a reason why I don't pull for the Saints. But I am so hopeful that you got Tom Brady against Drew Brees in Atlanta where the Saints can bring their brooms because they swept them. And the Patriots can bring out 28 to 3 shirts in Atlanta. And I don't know why that well, the, the mayor of Atlanta said she don't want the Saints. Does she want the, the, the Patriots in there who put a whooping? Well, she said also, Terry, she didn't want the Patriots. She said she didn't want the Saints or the Patriots there. And I'm fine with a little trash talk. We kind of had a collective freakout as a city when the Atlanta mayor said, I don't really, not really rooting for the Saints. Hopefully they don't come here. We'd be saying the same. We'd be saying the same thing here if it was the Super Bowl in New Orleans and Atlanta was playing in a title game. So, come on here. That's between the bounds. We talk about the trash talk that I think is between the lines and completely all right with me. That's it. Of course, she doesn't want to see in most Falcons fans and most in that city don't want to see New Orleans there. Doesn't mean it's not going to happen. I'd love to see the matchup you want, Terry. No doubt about it. I think. Drew Brees against Tom Brady in the Super Bowl would be one heck of a cap to this season and and heck maybe a cap to those two guys career we'll take a break when you come back more of your calls at 504-260-1870 and the text line is 870-870 I'm Seth Dunlap just getting started here on the last lap Saints Rams on Sunday. Our coverage will begin at 10 a.m. with the Acadian Windows fans' first take right here on WWL. Myself and Steve Court will kick off our coverage two hours until noon, and then we'll throw it to the Saints Radio Network. Bobby and Christian for the countdown to kickoff 205. Kickoff Saints Rams in the NFC Championship. Point after show Alex Felix's Oyster Bar on the lakefront. So we'll have nine, ten hours of Saints coverage on Sunday right here on WWL. Here's a text from the 504. The defense is still actually only allowing a few points. If we can't score more than 14 points like this last game, then I don't want to hear any more about how potent our offense is. If we are that potent, then we should have no problem putting points on the board against anyone, just like the Patriots. Well, remember, the Patriots have had problems putting the points on the board at times this year against Tennessee, against Jacksonville. The Lions, 10 points out. Look, that was a very good Philadelphia defense towards the end of the season. The Rams defense, especially against the run, just hasn't been good all year long. I believe there's going to be many yards to be had running the football against the Rams, who were the 28th ranked rush defense by DVOA and and a couple of other statistics. They were low 20s as well. Not a good run defense. A lot of overpriced stars here. Tim Zimmer behind the glass. What's going on, Tim? There's one question I have about the Rams offense. Did C.J. Anderson cut weight for this for this game? Did he make the weight I, for the game? On yeah, so he was signed by Carolina, then they cut him because he didn't make weight, and all of a sudden he winds up in Los Angeles, and you know he looks like Winnie the Pooh out there running the football. But it it, it doesn't it doesn't matter how he looks. It matters the yardage he's gaining behind a great offensive line, averaging about 140 yards a game. It's crazy. He literally came off the couch and ran for 100 yards on the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah. Yeah. C.J. Anderson, watch out here. There'll be a two-headed monster. They're going to be able to run the football at you in multiple sets. I don't. He doesn't scare me as much as Todd Gurley, mainly because he's not a threat in the passing game like Todd Gurley is. This Rams offense, though, the crowd noise is going to be incredibly important here. I've been talking about it all week long. 
if there's one team that has problems in the noise, maybe more than others, it's the Rams because of how they run their offense, how many checks they make at the line of scrimmage, and how Sean McVay, their head coach, is in the headset of Jared Goff until about 15 seconds on the play clock. So the fans, yeah, you got to be loud, but you've got to be loud a lot. And it's when you are loud that's important here. And Coach Sean Payton, he talked about that today at the press conference. It's really difficult, and hopefully you make it as difficult as possible on the Rams. Here's the thing with the Rams offense. I firmly expect them to go hurry up and tempo at the start of the game. In fact, they did that against the Saints in the regular season a little bit, but didn't have a lot of success with it, so they went away from it. If you go tempo here, the one thing that it does, it allows Sean McVay to be in Jared Goff's ear for longer at the line of scrimmage, helping make those checks and calls, which is why the fans need to be loud for a long time here. I, it does make me a little bit nervous here, especially when you have less depth without Sheldon Rankins on the defensive line. You aren't able to rotate guys in and out against that run game. Yeah, that worries me a little bit here. Expect the Rams to go hurry up early and maybe often in this game. Watch out for that on Sunday. Back to the phone lines we go. Anthony in New Orleans East, welcome into the show. Hey, good afternoon to you, sir. Hey, Anthony. I was saying, it's, it's, it's misexplained to the public. They got to they gotta yell when they're in the huddle, mm-hmm. not when they come out the huddle. That's all I wanted to say. Yeah, and you're right, Anthony. Now, look, we're human. It is physically impossible to yell for three straight hours. You lose your voice. Now, you're probably going to lose your voice anyways. I hope you lose your voice anyways if you're going to this game. So, sure, take 10 seconds or so, take a breath, use the timeout, make sure you're hydrated, and be the force that we know you can be in the Superdome. Uh, look, the 6-0 and in the playoffs at home under Sean Payton with Drew Brees. Trying to make it 7-0. and can't wait for Sunday. No doubt about it. Larry Holder's coming up after the news of the Athletic. We'll talk some Saints and more. Your calls at 504-260-1870. Text line is 870-870. Tim Zimmer behind the glass. I'm Seth Dunlap, and this is The Last Lap on WWL. We'll see if the Saints go all the way. Less than a month to find that out. As promised, here comes Larry Holder calling this for The Athletic. Covering the Saints, covers a little LSU, but all Saints talk today, Larry Holder, at Larry Holder on Twitter. What's going on, my friend? How are you? Good. Just arguing with my son. He needs to go take a bath, son. <laughs> Let's go. You know, good old parenting 101 here in the Holder house. This is, this is great. You can teach us a little about, uh, yeah, parenting uh, along with uh, some Saints talk here, Larry. Well done. The multitasker, Larry Holder, uh, like he always is. Um so I'm just wondering here, Larry, and we like to nitpick and break things down and, and analyze all the minutia. I mean, that's our job. It's what we do. We enjoy doing it. But I you know, just kind of stepped back this morning, and I thought, you know what? Usually these games come down to who's the better quarterback, and I don't think there's any question that Drew Brees is the better quarterback in this game. Do you agree with me there? Yeah, and it's, it's kind of like I've been talking a lot just and writing a lot this week about all right, what does Sheldon Rankins' loss mean and, and all these other factors? And they certainly play a major part in this. But when I decided, all right, hey, I'm going to make a prediction on this game and which route am I going to go, I looked at the quarterback play. And obviously Drew Brees has been there and done that. He's actually won more than one playoff game in his life. <laughs> and it's not like he's a – 
uh, he's someone who's never been within the moment. I don't know how Jared Goff is going to react in this moment. It's not like he's ever played a road playoff game, and he's certainly never won a road playoff game. And honestly, you look at the way that actually both quarterbacks have played down the stretch, neither one were overly impressive. Uh, but at least Drew Brees, say the last two games, he's put together back-to-back 300-yard games, and he's helped them win. And you look at the last five or six games uh, for Jared Goff, and he's not really had to put a team on his back by any means. And you look at his quarterback rating uh, in that stretch, and it's around 74. And so that's look, that's not going to win. And just look at Nick Foles' numbers as a passer rating when he played the Saints. It was under 70. And the Saints were able to contain him for three quarters. And so, look, I'm with you. I think that is – to me, we can point to all the factors, but I'm looking at that at, at number one to uh, to determine who I think is going to win this And game. it's not like the Saints' defense here has been a pushover. They've been the exact opposite of that. I think the last, what, eight weeks of the season, if you take out that Carolina Week 17 game that didn't mean diddly squat, they're averaging – uh, allowing 14 points a game here. This is one of the best defenses last couple of months of the season in the league, and you're going to have the crowd here. And I, I'm, I'm incredibly intrigued to see the Sean McVay offense in the noise against that defense, Larry. Yeah, and I'm curious to see what kind of offensive game plan they even implement. Uh, we know they can throw the ball, and that's kind of been a big thing for them. We know that Todd Gurley can run the ball, and he's still one of the best running backs in the NFL, but do they go as run crazy as they've been, say, the last game? Uh, or maybe that's just because Dallas's defense dictated that. So I think uh, the fact that the Rams were able to put that together and C.J. Anderson's rushed for 120-plus yards in his last three games, and not granted two of them were against Arizona and San Francisco. But I mean, the, the way that the Rams ran the football last game, you, you cannot ignore that. So it certainly brings – uh, some late nights and maybe no sleep for someone like Dennis Allen, uh, who's trying to game plan uh, against this Sean McVay off. Well, I'm sure you've been asked 120-plus times this week, uh, how do you think the Saints will miss Sheldon Rankins in this game? Uh, he's a three-down guy. I mean, there's not many defensive tackles you can point to that are three-down guys. So that in, in and of itself shows you how good he's been. Uh, especially this year. Sean Payton didn't mince words, and he said, well, we all know this was Sheldon Rankin's best year. There's no question about it. And do the Rams try to exploit that, running the football? Uh, I'm, I'm not sure. Do I think the Saints still have a good run defense even without Sheldon Rankins? I think they still can be good. Now, will it affect them on the pass rush? That might be a bigger factor just because he's so good at rushing the passer from the inside. The, the Saints don't have anyone that can replicate that. They just don't uh, at defensive tackle. So, you know, there's a lot being said about how this affects the run game, but uh, the four-man pass rush, how much does that affect that? Does it force the Saints to blitz a little more? Uh, I know the Saints are going to bring some blitzes, but what do they do? I mean, so, it, uh, of course, this, is, this isn't this is a lingering question. This is something that the Saints are going to have to figure out on the fly, which is why it's it's so heavily talked about this week. Larry Holder of The Athletic joining us at Larry Holder. Does the hurry-up worry you at all, especially as you talked about Sheldon Rankins there? They're going to try to rotate the Saints defense guys in and out more than they have probably this season. And I'm kind of thinking the Rams are going to go hurry up. I think we saw a little bit of that in that first Rams-Saints game, Larry. Yeah, I don't think that's a, a major factor. I mean, I, I just think that 
look, the, the secondary knows it's going to be tested. It doesn't matter what it is. Uh, and so I, I don't see that as the big factor. Uh, it's, it's more about, right, can Jared Goff find open receivers like Brandon Cooks and Robert Woods? Uh, because both of those guys, you know, you combine those two, they're certainly better than any one-two combo that the Saints have. But we know Michael Thomas is the best singular receiver on the field, but I feel like the Rams have a little bit of edge there. So, I, you know, I think in general that's that's not going to matter. If they can't stop them, they can't stop them, and it'll be a long day if they can't. Well, let's flip the script here. Saints offense against the Rams defense. Where do you see areas that Sean Payton and company can exploit? I don't think the Rams' defensive front as a whole is as good as the Eagles. We know Aaron Donald is all-world, and we saw Andres Peach struggle, so I think that is something we're all going to have to watch. And I've been bold this week, whether it's just talking on other radio spots or on Twitter or or just writing columns on The Athletic, that if Andres Peach is either A, banged up, or B, can't get the job done, there's no room for hurt feelings. You, if you got to make a move, you make a move. This is a Super Bowl. It's in week three. So I'm going to be watching that. And, uh, and if the Saints can figure that out, you know, if Aaron Donald doesn't completely change the game, then I, I like the way the Saints can uh, block their edge rushers and it should give Breeze time. But, but yeah, I think ultimately uh, we watch that. I know that Kip Tlaib and – Marcus Peters and Michael Thomas, that plays a big role. I mean, people are going to be seeing that. But uh, I, it, it sounds cliche, but, boy, uh, up front on both sides of the ball, I mean, that's that's going to be where the game's won and lost. You know, it's interesting you bring up a possible move at left guard. I've been talking about that this week. You're the first other person that says they might go to Bushrod or somebody else. I'm kind of with you there, Larry. Uh, if you... I wouldn't say Bushrod. I'd go like Cameron Tom or Will Clapp. Really? I okay. Yeah, I wouldn't. I don't. I don't think I'd swing Bushrod in there. I'd feel better. Well, probably with Cameron Tom would be my first choice if, if that's the way uh, it, it would work. But yeah, like you can't you can't play around. It doesn't matter. You gotta you gotta do anything you can. I mean, it's like Alabama switching quarterbacks at halftime in the <laughs> national championship game. I mean, that's you do it. I mean, you win or that's it. And. There's no turning back for this season. Yeah, it's a great point. And Andre Speed was not good last week. Nobody's going to convince me of that, even though some people here have tried that, Larry. Uh, another area that wasn't good last week that I was kind of scratching my head about was uh, Ted Ginn just – I don't know if it was a timing thing and he had been off and only had that one game back, but it didn't look like Drew was very comfortable throwing him the football. And the couple of times he did, Ginn didn't really even pick up the ball in time. I just wonder if, if Drew's going to trust Ginn in this spot now or we're going to see more of Kirkwood and the other guys. Well, let's see if Kirkwood can even go. I mean, that's to me, it's amazing that people are wondering, oh, my gosh, is Keith Kirkwood going to be able to play? I mean, <laughs> right. did he really think that that was going to, you know? But it, also, it just goes back to the depth of wide receivers that they really don't have. I mean, there's a reason why they went out to go get Des Bryant, and they're having a kind of just <laughs> patchwork what they have. No, but I'm with you. I mean, Ted Ginn, I think three catches, seven targets, that's, that's not a – a normal stat you'd see, especially this year from uh, anyone in the Drew Brees offense. But, I mean, that's kind of the, the story of getting his career. I mean, sometimes he can be great, and sometimes he can fall off the map. I mean, it, it's funny, my, uh, my my cohort up in uh, Charlotte, Joe Person from The Athletic, he went, as soon as they seen signed him, he's like, get ready for the Ted Ginn experience. And <laughs> last year, it was wild that he was so consistent. And this year, look, remember, before he got hurt, he was pretty inconsistent. So... You gotta just 
boy, you got to take the good and to take the bad. And, uh, you know, but they need him. I mean, they really need him. And, again, if Drew hits that deep ball, first play of the game, touchdown, the narrative of that game is probably a little bit different. Oh, no doubt. And Ginn didn't even make a play on the ball, which is just weird. I, I understand Drew no, under, threw, me, it, well, threw it under yeah. a little bit, under threw it a little bit. Yeah, yeah. to me, I, I don't think he was in any position to come back and make a play on the ball. So I'm not going to put him put him under the bus for that. I mean, that ball was just underthrown. I mean, he's, he's like three yards back, and he's like, oh, no. And, I mean, that's, you know, because he, 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 had, he had such a step on LeBlanc that he had him. And mm-hmm. so, uh, yeah, I'm not putting that one on again. Yeah, that's fair enough. Uh, speaking of injuries here, what about Benjamin Watson? Hasn't practiced the last two days. How concerned are you there, considering mentioned lack of depth at wide receiver, certainly a lack of depth at tight end? Well, I mean, I'll be honest. How much has, te- has has Ben Watson really done this season? I mean, like we all, he's, he's a wonderful person and a and one of the best ambassadors of, of the NFL there is, and really humanity, period. And yet, you you look at what he's done this year, and look, the, the, the Saints are going to be in, in the mode for a tight end. So if it's an illness, I assume he's going to be able to bounce back. But, I mean, is it, it's not like he's really been this vital part of the offense, to be honest. Uh, Larry, have you made a prediction at The Athletic, or is that coming a little later this week? That's coming tomorrow. I'll just I'll, look. I, I'm tipping my hand. I'm picking the Saints. I'll, I'll just look. Exclusive for you, Seth Dunlap. <laughs> Love it. All right, and your listeners. I'm going Saints thirty, Rams twenty-seven. I don't feel like incredibly confident about the pick. I just feel like that's where my 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 head leans. Like I I, I last week I was bold. You know, last week I, I was rocking and rolling. I told the score to Bobby. He almost like. Like uh, broke like the uh, the airwaves screaming <laughs> when I was on the like a week ago, but no, I'm going this week. I'm not as nearly as bold, and I'm a little leery. But I am going to go Saints thirty, Rams twenty seven. All right, well that is right on the money with Vegas over under a fifty seven Saints by three. So there you go. That's exactly where Larry Holder is. Chalk Holder is what we call him. Fill out those March Madness brackets. Can't wait for that. Chalk Holder. I didn't even Here he know goes. that was the over under. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Larry, uh, always a pleasure, my friend. Enjoy the heck out of this week, and we'll see you Sunday. All right, Seth. We'll see you soon, buddy. All right. right. Find his work at The Athletic, at Larry Holder on Twitter. I always enjoy talking to him. Uh, We'll take a break. Coming back with your calls at 504-260-1870. Text lines 870-870. Tim Zimmer, Seth Dunlap here on The Last Lap. Saints fans, Saturday you can join Bobby Hebert, Deuce McAllister, and myself for a special edition of Sports Talk it's our Houdat pep rally live from Rouse's on Vets and Causeway in Metairie, noon to three. Come out in black and gold. Give us your prediction. You can get autographs from Deuce and Bobby and have a whale of a time. We've been having a blast at these shows out at Rouse's all season long. Had a great one last week. And look, it's good luck. Come get your good luck charm with us. Pick up a little black and gold king cake. Come hang out with Bobby, Deuce, and myself again, noon to three. At Rouse's on Saturday, that's uh, Saturday. That's twenty nine hundred vets at Causeway. Text from the nine eight five. This game will be about momentum slash confidence. It will be, but momentum can be a fickle thing in the National Football League. Just look at what happened last week. Fourteen to nothing, Eagles up. All the momentum. One interception by Marshawn Lattimore, and all of a sudden the Saints had Big Mo on their side. That long drive. 
and all of a sudden they don't score again. I guess not all of a sudden, but they don't score again the rest of that game. Talking about the Eagles, Saints 20 unanswered points to win that game. So momentum is a fickle mistress, especially in the National Football League. Confidence is a big thing. And if you get in Jared Goff's head when he's never been here before and these young players, young quarterback like that, I do think that is a big factor. Let's go to the phone lines. Jarrett in New Orleans. Welcome into the show. Hey, how you doing? I'm great. How are you? I would, um, uh, let me do the second part of Parenting 101, semester two. Check on young kids in the bathroom because they will run the water, splash, act like they took a bath and get dressed so you know you gotta you gotta uh go second i like it i know i like that you know what i think i'm guilty of that once or twice uh when i was a little tech too uh jared right so that's a second semester but what i really called about is um andreas p um when you anybody who's played contact sports when they know there's a weakness on their opponent they go after it um, that broken hand, he already has enough problems. Mm-hmm. But whenever there's a pileup, uh, a big, uh, a big scrum, a big push, somebody's going after that hand, and he's already a little slow. And he has problem getting underneath the shoulder pads, and with that one hand, he definitely won't be able to do it. Well, I don't. Yeah, so, it's uh, no. You're look. It's a, it's a huge problem, a massive problem against the best football player on the planet. I mean, let's just call it like it is here. Aaron Donald, the best football player on the planet, offense or defense. There's a reason he's going to win his second consecutive Defensive Player of the Year award. He is what J.J. Watt was from the defensive end spot. He is that good on the interior and will be that good for many, many years to come if he stays healthy. So I'm with you here. And it's interesting, Larry Holder said the same thing about, you know, if Andre struggles early, you got to find somebody else to plug in there. He mentioned Cameron Tom or Will Clapp. I said maybe Jermon Bushrod. He doesn't think that's going to happen, talking about Larry. But he's the only other person in the market so far that I've heard that says, and I just from what I've heard, I'm not saying nobody else is saying this, but yeah, Anders, you should have a short hook if you're Sean Payton and Pete Carmichael and company. Thanks for the call, Jarrett. Here's a text from the 504. It's all about execution. That needs to be somebody to pick up every person that is rushing the passer. Nobody can be allowed to slip through, and Drew needs to get rid of the football. All true. Not disagreeing with any of that. Text from, let's see here, from the 504. Seth, it's the Phantom Texter. Hey, this game is not going to be a blowout by any stretch, but I do believe it will shut down the Rams running attack. And I'm going to say right now, Saints by 10, the Phantom Texter has spoken. Well, I've already called my shot yesterday, and I guess I still have a chance to revive this when we do our official predictions tomorrow, but I had the Saints by 7, 27 to 20, taking the under. But I'm also taking the Saints at minus three and a half. Let's go John and Metairie. John, keys to the game. John, what are they? Hey, Seth. uh, The main key is the cloud noise because he talks to the quarterback to the end of the clock. You know when they have the Mm – they can't talk to the quarterback no more. That's how he reads the defense. He's he's reading the defense for the quarterback. Yeah. If you get the crowd up, uh, it's going to be a different ball game because now he can't read the defense like Drew Brees can. Oh, no doubt about it. <laughs> Tim, what was? Is it? Uh, yeah, that was that was well done. Uh, by the way, one of my favorites, all-time press conference quotes. There, no, John. Uh, in all seriousness, you're completely right. And, and by the way, Sean McVay is brilliant for designing an offense that works with Jared Goff. I believe, boy, this is going to be kind of a shot here, and I don't. Maybe I don't necessarily mean it how it's going to sound. 
I don't mean this in such an insulting way to Jared Goff, but he's not the most cerebral quarterback in the National Football League. He's young, just his third year. I think his growth was stunted by the staff that Jeff Fisher had his first year. He's grown a lot these last two years, but he is still a limited, a fairly limited quarterback, especially when you're comparing him to the guys that are still alive. He's not Patrick Mahomes. He's certainly not Drew Brees or Tom Brady. He usually has problems and big problems progressing beyond his first read. He also has big problems checking himself at the line of scrimmage when it's under 15 seconds. And as Tim pointed out in my ear, been talking about this all week long too. When he lost Cooper Cup, that was his security blanket, one of the better receivers in the National Football League, and he just hasn't been quite the same since that injury happened. Thanks for the call, John. 504-260-1870. That's the number for you to hop on in here. Our Blue Runner Foods opinion poll at WWL.com. How loud will it get in the Superdome this Sunday? You tell us loud, really loud, or OMG, I can't hear myself loud. Hopefully it's that one. Records 143 decibels, 143 decibels in Kansas City. Number two on that list, I believe, is Seattle at 135-ish. Tim, check on that. The first place might be kind of tough. 128 last week. Might be able to leapfrog Seattle, though, into second place. See what happens there. It's the last lap back after this on WWL. Text from the 832, what is Kirkwood's injury status? Love the show. God bless. Up in the air. We'll see if he goes on Sunday. It's a coin flip that may lean in the status of, look, if you can go, you're going to go at this point of the season. I don't like Andres Pete and, and Benjamin Watson and everybody else. Unless you physically can't get out there and you're going to hurt your team, you're going to play. I expect Kirkwood to go. I expect Ben Watson to go. I expect Andres Pete to give it a go. And his performance the first couple of drives, maybe even less than that, depending on how poorly or good it goes, We'll kind of determine that. just want to remind you, if you want to win some New Year's cash every weekday this week, you can win $1,000 12 times a day here on Intercom National Secret Word Cash Contest. You can listen to all the primetime shows, Tommy Newell, Scoot, Sports Talk, right before the top of the hour news. Get the code word, and then you text it to 72881. That's 72881. Don't miss your chance to win $1,000 cash every weekday, 7 a.m. to 6 p.m. on WWL. We never charge for text, but individual plan text and data rates may apply. Speaking of Ben Watson, if you missed it, he missed his second straight day of practice due to an illness. Kirkwood did not take part today due to that calf. Also didn't practice yesterday. Good news is that Pete, Ramchek, Unger, the offensive lineman, all a go today after being listed as limited yesterday. Rams, much healthier, no injuries reported this week. Ahead of Sunday's NFC title game in the Superdome, you can find the injury report from Steve Geller at WWL.com. We'll take a break for news. Next hour, Carter Bryant heads on into the program, and we'll go behind enemy lines and talk some Rams with Joe Curley, who covers the Rams for the Ventura County Star. One hour down, two to go here on the last lap.
Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app.